awakened spirit, growing one awareness at a time. Welcome back to Psych and Spirit. It's been a while, but I am back to talk about surviving versus living, something that I'm sure any new parent knows about. And also many, many other people in the world. Don't get me wrong. I think all of you have probably experienced surviving versus living um, in some form for some period of time. So let's talk about what it looks like, what it is, and what you can do to change that if you want to change it. Have you ever hit a period in your life that went by very quickly? In fact, so quickly that you wished you had done more things you enjoyed or had been more present during that time? At the same time, did you feel like you were operating on autopilot, just trying to get through the day and engaging in a regular routine that makes you feel like you're just going through the motions of life? Do you feel like you're doing that now? Let me give you an example. You start the day by turning off your alarm clock, you rise, you shower, you make breakfast and some tea or coffee or milk or water, whatever you drink. Then you go to work. You, or you start work, you return, you make dinner, you take care of some household things, maybe you go for a walk or exercise, watch some TV, maybe browse social media on your phone, text a friend, chat a bit with a partner or spouse, then you change into your pajamas and go to bed. If you have kids, your day is a lot more chaotic than that, but similar. But overall, this is a pretty normal, quote unquote, normal routine, right? But what if during most of that time you were checked out mentally? You just drifted from activity to activity without really paying that much attention, or perhaps even just detached to escape your day-to-day -day mentally until the day could come to an end. Maybe you even dreaded the workday and just wanted it to be over so you could feel free from work and relax. Maybe you felt like you had no energy to do more than the very bare minimum, and so you floated through the day with as little attention as you could manage to provide, so you could save what little you have for relaxation later. We all have days like this, but what if it turns into months, years? If it goes on long enough, does it affect your health, your relationships, your job? Does it start feeling like you're numb and just going through the motions? Let me put this into perspective by saying that we all go through periods in which we just feel like we are surviving and on autopilot. This is normal. We just do not have it in us to give any more of ourselves in bigger ways. So we keep to ourselves and do as little as possible using whatever escapism tools we have available, whether it's TV, phones, video games, books, sleep, alcohol, whatever it is. It feels like what we can manage at some times in our lives. It's kind of like a phase for some of us at times. And again, it's normal to do this to some extent. It's really hard to be present all the time. Our brains can't seem to handle constant presence. So they check out here and there and sometimes more than usual. This is not a problem in and of itself. And in fact, if you find yourself doing this, have some self-compassion because it is normal. It isn't a cause for distress to some of us. So for those folks, what does it matter? Well, it doesn't, it's okay. It only matters if we are unhappy or we feel like we aren't truly living, which may start to happen for some of us. 
a growing feeling of discontent, that life is passing us by, that we've put too many things on hold. It might sound something like, I was planning to exercise this week, but I just don't have the energy. I was wanting to go camping for a weekend, but it's so easy to just not go. I do want a date, but maybe I should wait until all of the domains of my life are in complete order before I even try. I want to change jobs, but it's easier just to stay where I am, even if I hate it. I really want to join this hiking group and attend their get-togethers, but eh, I'll just wait. I want to start meditating, but who has the energy for that? I want to learn Spanish, but when will I have the time? I want to travel to Morocco, but when will I be able to travel that far away? This isn't about planning and feeling prepared for something. You know how to do that. This is about getting caught in the passive state of being stagnant and not really paying attention to your deeper interests and needs because for whatever reason, you feel like you can't. So you stick to the superficial, the day-to-day survival tasks of working, eating, and sleeping. Once you get there, it's really hard to break out of that, isn't it? Even if we don't necessarily like where we are, we might still stay there because of inertia. We just stopped being present and now we're in a state of feeling comfortably uncomfortable. And feeling comfortably uncomfortable is when you don't like where you are, but you'll just stay there because maybe you don't perceive that you have the energy to change, or maybe you just don't trust that the alternatives are going to be better, or both. That's a really tough place to be sometimes, and trust me, I know this state too. The reality is, sometimes it's easier if we have an external catalyst to jolt us into presence, like a shock of mortality, or a scare, or an inspiring word from others, or a chance experience that just blew us away in some way. But other times, we need to make a small behavioral change to propel us forward into feeling like we are living again. Either one can work, depending on the individual. The real question is, if we are feeling like we want more than survival, what can we do to make that behavioral change, rather than relying on external forces that may or may not propel us into momentary presence with our needs and emotions? So what are the ways we can start living rather than just surviving? There are a plethora of ways. In fact, pretty much any of the suggestions I've provided in all of the other episodes will work. But I'll give you a few and just a few to not overwhelm you in this episode. First of all, if you feel like you've held off on several different interests or life goals, Maybe it's time to really look at those interests and goals and pick one. Can you start something small, realistic, and time-limited and go from there? Everybody needs a starting point. I'm going to spend 20 minutes three times a week for two weeks studying Spanish, and I'll see how it feels. I'm going to connect with my friends or family by texting them this many times in the next month or calling them. I'm going to create an online dating profile and open it up for others to see in the next month. I'm going to set a date for that camping trip. Just pick one activity that will help you connect in and feel more alive and commit to engaging in it in some way. And this does not have to be every day. As I said, it has to be in a time-limited, realistic way. Set that small goal. Don't overwhelm yourself. Maybe it's not realistic to say I'm going to Morocco next month, but maybe you can start looking at accommodations for some dates next year and pick your top options so you can start saving money or setting the money aside. 
The whole point is that you're taking committed steps towards something new or something you have already done, but helps you connect in with yourself. More spiritually minded folks might be interested in setting meditation, journaling, nature walks goals, things like that to start therapy, maybe a spiritual practice that feels in line with your beliefs. It can be anything. It doesn't really matter what it is. Well, I should say that within reason, nothing self-destructive. As long as you believe it will help you connect and be present in some way. If learning Spanish makes you feel more alive, go for it. My second suggestion is to check in with your emotions throughout the day. When we are on autopilot, we avoid emotions as much as possible and keep our heads down. Emotions are part of being alive. They're part of being present and they're part of being connected to ourselves and to others. Sometimes emotions pull us into presence because we are suddenly feeling something that grabs our attention and brings that attention into our bodies. Now, we might be tempted to ignore emotions and hope they'll go away, but take a moment to stop and acknowledge your emotions silently as it arises, whether it's joy, anger, fear, sadness, frustration, disgust, any emotion. Acknowledge it silently by saying to yourself, I am feeling, and whatever it is, whatever the emotion is, I am feeling anger. It's okay that I feel this way. So also remind yourself that it's okay to feel that way. Maybe you're surprised by the emotion and want to process a little further by asking yourself why you feel this way or where this may be coming from. If you're someone who intellectualizes your emotions, that temptation is a slippery slope to detaching from them, however. So try not to jump to why, why you feel something immediately, but allow yourself to feel it first. Sometimes closing our eyes and taking some slow breaths helps us experience the emotion better because we're blocking out visual information and focusing internally on our bodies. So that's one way that you can really um, zero in and close your eyes and just feel what's going on. Give yourself a moment to feel your emotions. They will pass. Emotions are not the same as moods, um, which are lasting states that can go for hours or days. So I just want to clarify. Emotions pass more quickly, but we are emotional beings, each one of us, and we benefit from noticing and accepting our emotions, which is an aspect of emotional intelligence. You are becoming smarter emotional beings just by noticing how you feel at different moments throughout the day. So labeling your emotions and acknowledging those emotions is part of that emotional intelligence allowing emotions but not dwelling on them and not ruminating on the whys or the what's of your emotional experience and also not trying to prolong the emotion too much especially if it's negative if it's positive it's not going to hurt to prolong it as much as you want but negative emotions or what we perceive as negative emotions try not to purposely ruminate or dwell on them third option is to add an element of spontaneity to your day sometimes Even something small and relatively minor, like driving a different new way home that requires you to be more present with your surroundings as you're driving. Or maybe you try a new food that you don't normally eat because you want to try something a little different. Shake your day up by changing the order of when you do things even. Maybe you eat first and shower last instead of the other way around in the morning. Maybe you drink something new that you don't normally drink. 
If you're a long, lifelong tea drinker, maybe you grab a coffee sometime. Maybe before work or before everyone wakes up, you step outside and breathe in the morning air before getting dressed. Maybe you brush your teeth with your non-dominant hand today. All of these can sound a little silly, and that's okay. The whole point is just to shake up your routine just enough to be present in those little moments so that your routine goes off track. This is a very, very small way to shake you awake a little. One of my favorites is to drive a different way that you've never gone on your way to a destination. I really enjoy that. You might drive out of the way a bit and just observe your new surroundings, the new neighborhood. Again, it may seem silly, but it actually pulls you into presence a little because it's different than your normal routine. The last one is express gratitude. I've talked about this when we talked about surrender um, in that episode. So find something or things you are grateful for at the end of each day or whenever you have a few quiet moments to reflect. These will not be generic things you should be grateful for, but could be little moments that you liked in the day. The main requirement is that the gratitude should be thoughtful, not rote. Family, housing, job, that's a cop-out. If you leave them at that, you know better. Go into detail in your mind about why you're grateful for those things that make them much more personal to you. When I think about why I'm grateful for these things, I feel more connected to my heart, as I mentioned in the past episode. It really seems to make a difference sometimes. Deeply reflecting on what about that moment or experience or person you're grateful for in your life and why. Some days you'll feel like it's easier to connect to your emotions with this, and some days are going to be harder. Sometimes our moods will affect our access to gratitude. That's okay. Do the best you can by being present with your emotions, but willing to find gratitude regardless. Sometimes I express gratitude for the same people or pets over and over again from time to time, but I sit with that gratitude because my gratitude is ongoing and these people and pets mean and have meant so much to me that I quickly access my emotions when thinking about why I'm grateful for them. And sometimes there are new reasons for that gratitude that come up, for the gratitude that comes up. But whatever it is, give it some real thought. You do not want to treat this like something you have to get over with, but something that will help you experience the emotion of gratitude. Now that we've talked about ways to move towards living and not just surviving by keeping your body alive, let's mention some barriers that may limit some of us more than others. I do want to acknowledge that factors such as SES or socioeconomic status, racism, bigotry, etc., health can affect our experience and make it feel like we're trapped in survival and that even survival can be difficult, let alone feeling like we're living. On the individual level, those physical health issues and illnesses may affect our sense of living versus surviving for obvious reasons. Folks who deal with chronic pain, diseases, and conditions may feel like they're stuck in a loop of survival. Mental health concerns, you know, depression, anxiety, personality disorders, trauma-related disorders, they can make us feel like we're sort of stuck in a survival loop. All these factors can really strip us of some of our energy and make us feel like we are just stuck. So if you struggle with one or some of these concerns, I just want to take a moment to validate your struggle. 
it is difficult to feel like you can thrive when those around you are made to suffer or even you are made to suffer because of life circumstances out of your control. And that said, the challenge is to find ways to be self-compassionate and show love to yourself as we try to change the system together. And even if the system is not showing you love, which it's probably not. Others out there may not be struggling with a system, but the heaviness of health conditions or mental health conditions And you are also going to have a tough road ahead, but there is hope. My hope for you is that each of you carries the belief that you can get out of that survival cycle if it causes you distress. My hope is also that you can do that by using the same tools that I've shared today and many others that you may have come across from other folks. Ultimately, we're not taking away the things you normally do. We're just changing your routine in a small way or just adding something new. Maybe the gratitude exercise is all you can manage in a day. That's okay. It takes a few minutes. Maybe you just brush your teeth with your left hand if you're right-handed. Maybe you just drink something new to see what it tastes like and you're a little bit more present when you do that. Maybe you wear something you haven't worn before in years that's a little wild. Whatever it is, start small. It's okay. As silly as it may seem, it's one step closer to feeling more in tune with yourself, first of all, present in your life as well. And my hope is that it will inspire even more changes over time, just these tiny little things that we can do. So for your homework or practice, just pick one of the methods I mentioned to get you a little more present, whether it be setting a small goal to do something you enjoy checking in with your emotions and acknowledging them, adding an element of spontaneity to your day, or expressing gratitude. Pick one, do it, and see what happens. Do you feel more alive or present after you did it, even just for a moment? If you do, that's great, keep going. If you don't, that's okay. Just try another tool here or elsewhere. And remember, Ultimately, these are all ways to show yourself compassion. That is always my overarching goal for you, to increase your compassion, your self-compassion, and compassion toward others. Thank you for joining me. Until next time. All content, including music for this podcast, was created, edited, and produced by Larissa Shea Dashton. 